Hello, coders. Good afternoon. Welcome to episode 113 of the House Copewell podcast. It is Thursday, the 12th of August, 2021. I hope everybody's well and having a great, great week. Today, I'm going to talk about something um, a bit blue sky here, slightly out of the box. What would I do if I wasn't a web developer? What career would I have if I wasn't a web developer? I've got some thoughts. I'm going to lay them out um, and uh, and just discuss those. I think I would probably still be in software, but where, which industry, I think uh, is... It's an interesting topic. I'm also interested in what uh, what you guys would do as well. Before we get into it, let's um, let's just do a little bit of housekeeping. I I can't remember which episode it was. A few episodes back, I was talking about Microsoft and what if what if Microsoft did various different things because obviously Microsoft has created uh, its own little ecosystem in terms of the web development world. It's got GitHub, LinkedIn. Uh, Azure, I said Azure last time. It's Azure. I mispronounced it. Azure. Uh, lots of lots of other things. VS Code, TypeScript, blah 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 blah. Anyway, I mentioned on that episode uh, a what if scenario where they integrated some form of Azure and VS Code and cloud computing and GitHub all together. Well. Today I was um, perusing, that's a great word, perusing uh, Hacker News, as I often do, and I found an article, well, it was actually a GitHub blog article about a a new feature that they have, GitHub has, called Code Spaces. Now, Code Spaces is very interesting because it brings together... VS Code, it brings together computing, you know, like cloud computing, and it's a paid-for service. So it's it's almost happening. It's almost happening. And now I don't know a lot about Code Spaces, but I know that they offer up to thirty-two cores and sixty-four gigabytes of RAM, and you can spin up your own virtual uh, development environment to to work if you are in a team you could you could spin up your own uh virtual environments on the internet to work off of and you can use things like uh vs code in the browser like that's just nuts that's nuts uh, you know you could see you could foresee a time when web developers would no longer need to have super quick computers just to write some code because they would be accessing a virtual environment on the web. I know that's kind of like really pie in the sky thinking, but it's getting there. It's getting there. So yeah, no, that's interesting. I'm keep going to keep my eye on that uh, and see what they do with it. It is a paid for service, as I mentioned. So there are different tiers of what kind of hardware you want. But I believe the blog mentioned that they were actually going to, uh, all of their GitHub developers were going to use code spaces. And it was a way from for them to allow developers who don't necessarily uh, use VS Code to uh, write command line stuff. The blog's great. I'll put a link into the show notes when I'm done on the, on this, uh, this this here podcast. So, yeah, that's uh, kind of what I wanted to say. And also, it's, it's pronounced Azure, not Azure, as I mentioned. <laughs> wow. 
Um, okay, so let's get into let us get into today's topic. So, what would I do if I wasn't a web developer? There's a couple of ways that I could go with this. I could I could pretend that web development wasn't even a thing and discuss what I would do uh, if that was the case, or I could keep web development going right in in uh, in in the industry, but not choose web development. What would I choose if it wasn't web development? I will always fall back on this thing that my business studies teacher mentioned, and I've mentioned it to you guys before, and that is that software always sells the hardware, meaning that if you have if you buy a PlayStation, it's because you're buying the software that you want to play and not the actual hardware of the PlayStation. As a gamer, uh, you're more likely to choose the console in which you're going to put, you know, use based on the games that are on offer. So that being said, I would still work in software. I would still work as, as in software development. But where? <laughs> where would I be? Now, I would probably look at disruptive technologies. I would probably, or, and, and industries. Where are the disruptive industries? And I would probably carve myself out a little niche within those. With web development, you see, I've I've carved out a little niche in terms of uh, legacy code. So I'm working a lot on legacy code bases right now. Last year, I was working on e-commerce sites. So, and before that, I was working on charity sites. So it's it's a slow sort of gentle progression, a gradual progression into finding my own sort of niche in web development. But what what would I be doing if it wasn't web development? It would still be software, but I think, as I mentioned, it would be looking for disruptive tech. So when I say disruptive tech, I mean industries that are being changed and revolutionized by technology, by software. And there's a few. Uh, first one that springs to mind, of course, is is uh, the blockchain, right? Uh, because that is a disruptive technology, disruptive in the terms of the finance uh, sector uh, and also the other applications that you can use with blockchain. However, saying that, as as great as I think that technology is, I still think it's in its, its infancy. I still think that um, there would be a high level risk that if I was to write software within that industry, that software will not be used. Um, because it's still in its infancy. What I would be interested in is working in an industry that people will be are demanding. People are demanding right now. So, for instance, if I go to my local supermarket, I can't use Bitcoin because <laughs> there's no demand to buy a pint of milk with Bitcoin. However, there are other industries that are there is consumer demand as well as governmental demand that technology or software needs to change the current industry. Now, this is where I'm pointing my my finger at automotive industries. That is a, a sector that is changing rapidly and has changed um, over the past few years, but it's speeding up. It's speeding up. Pardon the pun about the, the cars, the fast cars. Electric cars are obviously faster. Uh, on with the talk and everything. I'm not a car guy. All right. I'm not a car guy and I'm not a hardware junkie. Okay. I'm, I'm not a car guy and I'm not a hardware junkie. I'm, I'm, I'm not into DIY. So, you know, I wouldn't 
necessarily care about IoT. However, I think I would be quite interested in working around something to do with climate change, because that's something that I believe in, climate change. And I would like to be working on something that helps uh, the in an industry get better. And again, also working on a disruptive technology. So I would probably work on cars and the software within cars, electric vehicles, not just cars, but electric vehicles. I would probably work uh, alongside the hardware, but more to do with the software. So, you know, uh, recording and monitoring and triggering hardware responses based on uh, a software input. So, for example, when you go and park your electric vehicle and you put your the charger into the charging station, there is a handshake. There is a software handshake between you putting your charger into the charging unit and the charging unit accepting that you've just done that. That is software. That's a, a software uh, handshake, if you will. In a lot of these cars, as soon as you press the brake, there is software that uh, uh, that updates the display that uh, triggers the, the the actual brake, the hardware of the brake, and alters the uh, the speedometer uh, based on sensors that it's got about your current speed. Not to mention the whole GPS stuff. But the thing that really fascinate, fascinates me with the automotive industry is that once we we come to a point where there is mass uptake in electric vehicles, then we can treat the electric vehicles like like nodes, like nodes. So each node would be communicating to another node on the road. These would become super fast, super efficient, super quick because they would already, they would know where the next node is. They would know where the dangers are. You would have communication from, you know, a node miles ahead that would all filter down to wherever your node, i.e. your car is. And they would all be communicate. That is that would be something that I'd be very interested in, in getting into. So if I wasn't a web developer, I would probably be working on software in the electric vehicle sort of industry, I think. Um, and maybe possibly um, a transition of that would be IoT. So coming up with sensors for things like temperature gauges, um, like fridge temperature gauges, uh, lights, home automation, that kind of thing. And also uh, another thing I would be interested in is perhaps having sensors around the car. So you would drive, or it could you know, it doesn't have to be a car, it could be an electric something or other, drive up to, uh, you know, something and then have that communicate to something else. Like for instance, um, there could be, you drive up to your, your house and you automatically unlock the door. That kind of that kind of jazz. You drive up to your gate, and the gate automatically opens because it it knows the handshake between the car and whatever it is that you're driving past. So it's kind of like near field communication, like what we have when we scan think when we're close with our phones, but for cars and stuff like that. That really interests me. Um, there's there's other things to do with electric vehicles, which I think are is quite fascinating. Uh, there is talk of. Uh, charging getting up to like five minute charging for a for the whole range that is incredible and i think that is the last barrier of entry 
for electric vehicles. It's how long does it take to charge? Because, you know, you can just drive up with your gas guzzling car and to a, to a, to a petrol pump. And it would take like a couple of minutes to fuel up and pay, and then you're off. Whereas when you've got an electric car, it takes a long time. It takes a long time. And also the range at the moment for cheaper models are, is quite low. So as the hardware improves for both the charging as well as the battery range, then that is going to open up the barrier of entry to just general consumers buying these electric vehicles, meaning that the demand is going to be huge. This is going to be a very disruptive technology. And the UK government here has announced that they're going to stop selling um, you know, normal uh, ICE cars, fuel cars, by, I believe it's 2030. And every new car that you purchase will be and has to be an electric vehicle. That's what I've read. And that, I mean, just off of the cuff, you've got government demand there. You have a government demand and that's going to fuel a consumer demand. This is going to be a very attractive, disruptive technology to get into. There's going to be a, a big need for software developers to write and improve and maintain the software for these electric vehicles. And then as the, um, as the software and the hardware improve together, then we're going to see other things, not just cars become electrified. And, you know, the, the sky is literally the limit. Space is literally the limit. So it, it would become less of web development, communicating like from one website to another website or a web system or an API, that kind of stuff. And more about building technology that would help people get around and improve their, their commuting and, uh, you know, improve their driving experience and also help out with climate. That would probably be what I would be, uh, interested in if I couldn't be a web developer in a nutshell. And like I said, Cars, planes, trains, they'll all need this uh, this overhaul because if we're trying to cut down the emissions, then it's not just cars. It's going to be everything. And the thing is with cars, you've got all sorts of other industries that relate to that. So, for example, service stations, gas stations. Um, you've got garages where you park your car. You've got charging stations in the house. All of these things are going to need software. So it might not be that I work on a car, it might be that I work on an accessory of that car or some input that works with that car. I would find that absolutely fascinating. One thing that sell, in my opinion, one thing that sells Teslas is because of the software. The software is so good. Um, I've seen videos where Teslas are actually, the person is showing how uh, their Tesla isn't built brilliantly compared to other the build quality of the tesla isn't as good as the build quality of other things but it's the software that uh, the person has chosen you know if you're if you're transitioning from from uh ice from from fuel over to uh electric vehicles you want to have that transition to be nice and smooth and one thing that uh, that can help that is the software it's the heads up display 
is the software um, that uh, works with the buttons, with the user interface, all of that jazz, and then the seamless ecosystem that comes along with that car. So I've, I've talked about ecosystems a lot recently, especially around Apple and Microsoft. Well, you can see that you, you, know, you could have ecosystems around a car manufacturer, right? So you would have your ecosystem which has a mobile phone app. You'll have the actual car itself. You'll have the key of the car. You'll have the charging unit of the car and you'll have the, the, the other, you know, the, the service stations. If all of those things work seamlessly together and maybe your, your watch, your, your uh, Apple watch, if all of those things worked seamlessly together, then that would be amazing. I mean, just imagine if Apple was to actually produce a car and allowed you to unlock that car with your iWatch, with your Apple Watch. That iWatch, what am I talking about? Your Apple Watch. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be amazing if you could just like, you know, come up to your car and then unlock it based on your watch? Like you would, like you would just walk over to your laptop or your Mac and unlock that. That would be great. That would be so, so cool. And I use the fitness app a lot on my phone. Um, because I'm trying to get into fitness. What if you had this, a similar sort of application, but for your car, you know, so you could see your miles, you could see your range. I think Tesla, I, I, I don't own a Tesla, but I think Tesla already has this and their mobile app is actually really, really good. So also on the app, you've got the whole, um, you know, uh, summon function. So you can summon the car and then you can, you know, automatically park the car. So you've got your autopilots and all that stuff. Again, all software, all software. This, in my opinion, is probably the most disruptive techno uh, industry that's going to happen within within my lifetime, and that's what I'm saying. I think that's probably a uh, the, the the thing I would do if I was in if I was new to this industry, this whole software development industry. I would probably not bother with blockchain, and I would probably work for Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah sorry uh martin 958 i was a little late earlier uh i missed calling as software dev or something like yes yes so this is um this is sort of broadening the horizon of what a web developer could be it's sort of like what, what the software development and there is a lot of like tran um transitional skills from you know from web development to these industries uh, as well. Uh, <laughs> Martin Cleaver is saying, I'm all for electric, electric-y. <laughs> and uh, solar panels on the roof. I believe there is a, uh, a car that has an electric vehicle that has solar panels on the roof. I can't remember which one, uh, but I don't think it will do a lot in the UK, nor will I think it does a lot in terms of uh, when you're driving. But something I've realized recently, I don't own an electric vehicle at the moment. I would love to. I would love to. Uh, I think I would probably get one as my next car, uh, you know, an, an EV. One thing I um, have been learning about is uh, regenerative, re I can't say it, regenerative <laughs> braking. So that's when you, when you essentially engine brake and it's br putting back power into your electric vehicle. I mean, that's brilliant. We are literally on the cusp of this, um, this revolution of electric vehicles. So if you could get some really fancy and high tech battery to, um, 
<laughs> to regenerate itself as you're driving along, then that would be brilliant, like a self-charging car. That would be awesome. Like I said, there are some challenges. They need to bring down the charging time. They need to increase the range. There is this thing called rage phobia that I keep hearing about. Um, you, you know, when you're, you're driving your petrol vehicle and you've got like 50 miles of range, you go to a petrol station because you know you can fill that up to the, to the brim. But when you, when you've got an electric vehicle, sometimes you have to bring it all the way down to like five miles or 10 miles of range. And that can be quite scary, especially if you know that it's going to take you a long time to charge up. So, yeah, I would be very interested to hear what everybody else would do if they weren't a software, if they weren't a web developer. So if you've got any comments or thoughts, then please do put them down in the comment section below, as well as on our Discord server. If you haven't joined, go to howtocowell.net forward slash Discord, and uh, it's free to sign up. There's a general section there. It'll be interesting to hear what you think. I'm going to keep an eye on, as I said, code bases in GitHub. That's code spaces, sorry, in GitHub. That's uh, an interesting thing. It's I can see Microsoft maneuvering itself into a position of becoming quite um, an interesting force within the ecosystem of software development. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. So I will. I'm going to shoot off. I'm going to. I'm going to finish off me. Uh, me protein shake, and uh, I will see you again on Sunday for the uh, How to Code Well live stream. And we're going to probably work on some more PHP, possibly some JavaScript um, on Twitch. That will happen at two forty-five uh, here on British summertime on um, on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash how to cope well. Thanks ever so much for watching. Happy coding, everybody. And I'll see you again soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.